0: Welcome to the New Models Podcast. I'm Lil Internet, joined by New Models founder Caroline Busta and artist Daniel Keller. On this episode, we speak with Trevor McFedries, part cultural mastermind and part Bond villain. How much of each depends on who you ask. Trevor is co-founder of Brud, the LA-based transmedia studio behind viral virtual influencers Lil Michaela, Blauco, and Bermuda. I first met Trevor through music. At the time, he was known as Skeet Skeet or Young Skeeter. DJing and producing for Katy Perry and other A-listers, who shan't be named. This summer, Trevor and his partner Haley Albert visited Berlin and dropped by the New Models studio to record. What follows is a wide-ranging conversation about Gen Z, the nexus of AR and marketing, and the growing psychogeographic and narrative significance of Los Angeles. For regular access to this and other New Models podcasts, including weekly episodes of our more informal Topsoil conversations, join us at patreon.com newmodels i Just thinking about the yin yang twin days. Yeah, they don't make songs like that anymore. They don't. It was
1: really. a brief period where they did make songs like that. Because They didn't make songs period. like that before that either. Oh, the, whi- and the
2: whisper song.
3: Classic. Where do you see my
2: dick? Hey, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bitch. Welcome to Nimala's <laughs> podcast. Yeah, welcome
1: to. <laughs> that the song Models is like podcast. a pinnacle. Let's be fair. Come on, yeah. No, yeah. no shame.
0: Okay, Trevor, give us the story, background for everyone who doesn't know.
3: Um, I've known you for quite a while. I think um, software engineer, stumbled into music, made music for a long time, was in like this rap group that kind of stumbled into a top 10 record. And like, you know, we were... Friends kind of casually working together, and then ended up getting a check to become a band. dj after that, produced records for like pop acts and things. And that's I think when we started crossing paths, like Bloghouse era.
0: Yeah, Bloghouse.
3: Um, Still so kind of like building tools for artists, software stuff. Worked at Spotify for four and a half years, and then started my own startup and became a tech bro. And um, yeah, it's called Brud, B-R-U-D. If you've seen like Little Michaela on the internet, or Blocko or Bermuda or any of those hooligans. Then you're familiar with our with our handiwork. We're kind of like, I think ourselves like a transmedia studio. It's kind of the basic idea of if Disney or you know Marvel were going to start today, they probably wouldn't start in comic books or in theaters. Like there's probably better ways to create narratives that can engage people. And I think the dream for us would be to create stuff that's like super compelling, and entertaining, and has these interesting like kind of counter narratives built inside of them, or I mean, in the in the great way all those stories did.
0: We also have Azealia Banks in common, which is dark.
3: This is true, dude. You guys <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, both produced
2: stuff for her, produced, right? Oh or, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah,
3: Both produced. Stuff for Azealia. I mean, the original 212 we did in my, like, live, I guess in my bedroom at the oh, time. No oh, no that Wow. Yeah. And then I think Nick Hook re recorded it. Right. I feel like we should probably dodge that one. <laughs> <laughs> Get uh, firebombs into yeah. our house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, God, I have all these questions just I about mean, yeah, yeah. Gen
2: Z and narrative jump narratives, right in? I think, just like this idea of like needing new narratives. So maybe it's via the narrative path that we jump in.
3: I mean, I've always been so curious about that, and I think you know it's interesting knowing Julian as long as I have. You were always what felt like three steps ahead of me, in a lot of these internet spaces. But watching them get radicalized over the last <laughs> few years, yeah, I think was probably a big part of why Sarah, my co-founder, and I started the company, there's an opportunity, I think, to outcompete the bad guys with better stories. And and that would be the dream. I don't see these platforms moving away from like car crash narratives dominating the algorithms. So if we can kind of create these contained car crashes, maybe there's ways (laughs) to like capture mindshare.
0: I mean, what is that's a good starting point because what that is kind of positive can compete with clickbait narratives.
3: I mean, it, it seems like relationships are kind of like classic love triangle kind of basic stuff is what's working the best on YouTube right now. Um, if you've ever seen like Tana Mongo or is, I guess Jake Paul just got married. Um, <laughs> to each other? With a lot of like, so we broke up YouTube videos. Have you have seen those kind of like right. mean, mean still images? Love triangle stuff works well. Basically 90210 narratives that are as crafted or kind of like Spencer Pratt 2.0. Sometimes it's nice, better crafted. Seem to compete pretty well.
0: I mean, it's so many people. When we talked to Josh Citarella and dove into sort of the on ramps to the alt right, so much of it came from teenagers, like kind of looking for motivational, like uh, some sense of purpose and motivation. Right, like Jordan Peterson's like ten rules of like cleaning a room or becoming a man, whatever. I mean, I could imagine too that like self help kind of motivational things targeted for teenagers could be an important on ramp too to maybe a better ideology and uh, fascism
3: yeah, I mean I I am I'm, I'm not a teen. I think it's interesting yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not a teen. A disclaimer.
0: Yeah, but you know,
3: I've been in coffee shops where there's, you know, teenagers talking about the benefits of some you know antipsychotic drug that they're on. And I think they're all kind of looking for tactical strategies to navigate the hellscape that is modern day life. And yeah. So if it's coming via YouTube or via prescription, they're I mean, probably when somebody
2: thinks of like Sesame Street and PBS in the seventies. I mean boomers were already onto this. Like mass media can also like help shape People in positive ways. Now I don't know if the like Gen X and Malens that you know Sesame Street produced um, were a positive <laughs> or a negative product of that, but the idea that media can also be put towards socially good means is been in the air for a long time.
1: Yeah. Older than that, I would say, like propaganda. That's
2: well, <laughs> true. To, there's also, you know, right, the line, propaganda. The line, pl- propaganda. Or just like, and, I mean,
1: there's like, so much, like, if you look at, like, Russian, like, Soviet Russian cartoons, they're all very, very clear, that's you know, true. moral the story yeah, at the end. True. And they're, you know, make you a better socialist, ultimately. So, I, I mean, mean, like,
3: Wolverine's a Soviet side project, right? Captain America. I always think of Batman as kind of like the first ill libertarian. totally. <laughs>
1: oh, <John laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: very that's much true. so. But that's yeah. like Peter Thiel And Biggles. he's a technologist. Yeah, that's very notable Sure. Yeah.
1: No superpowers.
0: You know. He made his fortune when he sold white girl wines to <laughs> Budweiser. That's a crazy <laughs> story. Someone we both know, fat the fat Jew. Wait, is that public information? Yeah, I think that's out in the world. He <laughs> <sold>
1: <laughs> what is his real name? Joshua Onassis? Yeah. Onassis? No oh, way. that would be a
3: problem. I know. Sometimes I learn people's real names and I'm like, wow, ten plus years of having this pseudonym that I got. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Hard. i mean i guess wait there's something in marketing though that i uh well we called it gabbana's law on a re- recent episode <laughs> but it's basically the idea that there's a certain level of controversy you can generate that's going to actually benefit the brand more than hurt it and we kind of talked about the dolce and gabbana racism riff and also i mean what were the other ones we were i mean well. Chick-fil-A, obviously, is like an icon of controversy marketing now.
1: I mean, kimono. That was like... Oh, so right. Cream I think it's kimono. gotten to the point where it's like, they're not even really trying to disguise it or... Can you get
2: the background? I don't know. Oh,
1: that. like Kim Kardashian's, was it a bo- oh, bodywear yeah, line, her. which yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure yeah, I would yeah. not have heard of otherwise, Right. but she called it the kimono. There was the predictable backlash that she changed the name, which I'm sure they had prepared, obviously, as a backup. Like, I mean, she has a sophisticated team. They're not going to like not realize right. it's, I don't know. And it's like a pretty harmless transgression. I don't know. Right. And, or uh, Black Ariel, Black Little Mermaid. The fact that Disney Disney has managed to just, every single movie becomes some sort of like woke baiting kind of controversy thing. And like, it just seems to be like, yeah, all these brands have realized the spending power is like with libs generally. So like whatever you're going to lose, which isn't going to be that much because who's actually going to not watch the Disney movie ultimately? Uh, like, But I mean, yeah. and there's
0: the inverse too in like Gabbana's case or something or in the case of Chick-fil-A where like you can like, be defiant to the liberal hegemony, and and, sure. the, and then and then still get the marketing push of the controversy. I, I guess mean, it's, it's just
1: triangulation one I way guess, or another. So, but
0: I, what I want to ask Trevor is if. if I mean, is there a Gabbana's Law? Are these things actively discussed from your understanding in marketing? Like,
3: I mean, I think there is that, uh, the, the classic trope of there's no such thing as bad press, right? Right. And you've seen it went out. It, it's more so, you know, what I call like the Paris Hilton school of, of, of brand and kind of myth making where uh-huh. I'll never forget like her driving a car and getting in a car accident and being like, I was on my way to in and out in my Ferrari when my Ferragamo slipper came off and hit the pedal. And the more <laughs> That's you amazing. talk about other things, the more they talk about you and that flywheel just starts to kind of like take off.
2: Whoa, that's totally the trick. So if you fuck up, the idea is just like make your story filled with brand placement <laughs> so that yeah. you just get it like spun 75 ways. And by the end, you're kind of recuperated.
3: It, it seems like the more you talk about people, the more people are going to talk about you and then that thing of like, but who are they? Like, well, that <laughs> person talking about us. Right. And all of a sudden it becomes a self-fulfilling thing.
0: I wonder with like all of the, I mean, I know there's like people try to make terms for it like a woke econ- Woke economy or something—I <laughs> don't know. Like, do, do you think there is a risk, though, of I mean, the politics behind what the, they call woke being sort of entirely recuperated by marketing and almost to really young kids? it being perceived as like a function of marketing rather than society? I
3: think absolutely, the you know, hashtag activism or whatever, I think it feels pretty hollow for people that are that are young and probably don't have a ton of spending power. It seems to be it's a performative thing for like millennials and older. Um, but I also think at the same time, America's having this kind of radical moment where the, the kind of structures we've used to define people in their groups, whether it was like black folks or like, you know, immigrants, they're not acting the way we had imagined they would act, you know, like there are very real black folks who support Trump and they're like immigrants who are against immigration. And it's kind of bending a lot of these rules and people are freaking out.
0: I mean, I think a lot of the narratives we see, which is always how it happens in marketing, are like these really simplistic narratives and views of, of things, which is weird to think of like civil rights or a sort of um, humanism as being equated with kind of just like a just do it type slogan. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. I mean, because you almost see that... I mean, Nike's been going really hard with it. And uh, I mean, I think the Kaepernick ad was like really great. And as you say, Dan, I guess they, they probably did research, right? To see... Absolutely. like their market big total, team
1: of, like who's it, gonna no Nike I think we said this before on the cast but yeah Nike did like a study of where their big cities that all their growth right. is gonna come and they're all, you know
2: but also that ad was anything. really inclusive don't just be the homecoming queen or the quarterback be both right and there's a picture of like the homecoming right. queen dressed as the quarterback or whatever and so I mean they made they they definitely like made an effort to try to like be representing all different parts of America
1: yeah I mean ads like it's just inconsequential who, who the fuck cares honestly I mean I, I'm sorry oh, but no. like about about Ads. Yeah, but well, like, I understand why they're important. But like the fact that we're stuck having to analyze them right. and like talk well, about—is it? Like I don't know. It's but just. They, like- I
0: mean, they shape public consciousness absolutely but it's just like i don't think ads should be more inclusive to conservative americans but i just wonder if there's a way to present like more complex or nuanced storylines
2: well maybe i can piggyback that question does the ad still feel like like the self-contained ad does that still feel like the most effective vehicle for any message whether that's particularly a product product placement or Something more complex.
3: I think yes and no. It, it, the, the more interesting piece of that is I think a lot of these brands were kind of built on what they thought were these forever sustainable ideas. Like you look at a brand like Ralph Loren, it right. was like, okay, being a rich, waspy, blue-eyed, w- blonde-haired white person is like as rare as it gets, and it will only <laughs> get rare. So this will Lol. always be something that we'll aspire towards, right? And all of a sudden i have to pump the brakes and be like, wait, fuck. Do we gotta put some like black people in our ads because 12-year-olds now want like Kardashian lips and butts <laughs> and to date, like, Muslim dudes named Zane from what, you know, like, that's a pretty <laughs> radical diversion of the plan we had built, thinking this would be forever. And Nike, which has kind of got this kind of broader ambition to sell victory, to sell triumph, actually is better positioned to say, okay, the underdog now? We can champion that versus the underdog ten years ago or twenty years.
2: Right, and as a format, I mean, does that does that like spot? Is like the spot logic still hold, or has everyone gone to more expanded?
3: It, it's unclear. I mean, like the, the brand dollars, I think, have definitely gone towards trying to communi- communicate a lifestyle versus right. like a, 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 a clear message. There definitely seems to be this great divergence in traditional kind of comms and PR people who said, create an identity and a message and like hammer it home, and then a newer breed of like little nas. X types that are like you can't really craft a narrative, put stuff into the ether, and the skill set is actually being reactionary. Understand how people are like you know parsing it, and then being able to like you know accelerate that snowball until it gets as big as it possibly can. I
1: mean, I wonder was a 30-second TV spot ever like effective, or was it just because it was an like effective thing to sell and it like made sense for the format? But like, was that ever designed to be the best at selling, or is it the best at being sold like the ad time?
3: It is because we talk like legacy marketers who basically would. Put put some person on a billboard, and they'd look down at cars driving by, whenever eyes would look up at them, it would like make a little mark on a no, spreadsheet. You know, wow. And that's how they would kind of then bring the conversion stuff back to the brands. It'd be like, well, extrapolate over a month. <laughs> this is about how many eyeballs saw your thing. Wait, is that <laughs> like
2: Nielsen actually had like people on the ground? I mean, like, Nielsen so and or like SoundScan
3: are uh, even worse, you know, like yeah. a very small fragment of American uh, homes and you know, they're tracking what they're watching, but they might even be in the room. Right. They might have the television on. Um, but I mean, that's the, the big innovation of Google. They were like, what if we could literally track the conversion and we know when you sell a thing, it's worth 90 bucks to you, so we're going to sell it to you for 89
2: Wow. And make
3: a B. Wow. Right. 100 yeah. Bs.
0: <laughs>
3: Where
2: does
0: authenticity sit these days, though, with Gen Z? Like, does it even mean anything anymore? I mean, I know in my own work, I've never, they always ask for authenticity, but they never actually want to do Something authentic.
2: Yeah, there like, should be a word for like sim authenticity or something. Well, the thing is, they never want anything
0: longer than a one-day shoot, which is like it's not going to be authentic. Every moment's going to be scripted. But they still seem, for some reason, the brands still strive for this concept of authenticity. But it's, I mean, it's still a, a bit of an elusive concept to me. And I wonder if maybe in marketing, the that they're focusing in maybe a different direction now than. Or is that still the buzziest word? That still
3: seems to be the buzziest word. I mean, probably because it's this myth. To me, it's a lot like nirvana. You know, people are kind of like chasing this thing that probably isn't tangible. I I personally think of it a bit different. I think, you know, one of the challenges for people that get any semblance of power inside of an organization is by the time you're there, like the patterns you've been matching for through your 20s are probably different. And that's what's happened now. Like Gen Z is just... You know, they're 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 op- they're moving in different ways, and I think the things that we see as good that we see as good, or or are or, or, or really well executed, to them probably aren't interesting. And it's actually more on like a different axis of like interesting versus uninteresting. And that's why I see things like Billie Eilish, where you're like, is this? Oh, like you know, all the all the SoundCloud rap is that well executed? Is that craftsmanship there? Is, are those songs going to translate in forty years? Unclear, but it's really interesting.
2: What are some of the hallmarks of um, authenticity for Gen Z, do you think, or Gen Z now? Like what are some of the like some of the codes you read, say with Billie Eilish or with like kids on YouTube or whatever?
3: Oof. I, I think that will put you on the spot. You yeah, yeah. I mean the hallmarks okay. of authenticity. I think they're they're quite different. I think there's at least a performed understanding of who you are, quote unquote. Yeah. And I think that goes with this kind of fluidity idea. Um you see a lot of people addressing their own insecurities or their mental health are things that were perceived as taboo, probably even for ourselves not too long ago. But that's a tough one. There's so much going on that it's not entirely clear to me.
0: What is a successful campaign now? Like, Can you think of one that nailed it that seemed to like really hit what marketers should be striving for and communicating to young people?
3: New Models Marketing Pod. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's, a, it's a good question. I, I You know, I, I do think Billie Eilish and X and Little Peep were able to strike a nerve as hard as it is to freak out parents. Like, you know, their parents are probably like Brooklyn ass TV on the radio types. <laughs> and, and they probably think they're pretty open-minded but Home schooled. yeah yeah I think it's probably tough but he, Billy's doing something that obviously has, has struck a nerve on the real brand side I think Glossier has done a, a pretty good job and then I think like the Jeffrey stars which is interesting like Jeffrey someone who's been able to navigate what feels like five different social shifts <laughs> it, like warp tour yeah <laughs> literally he was like at Cinespace <laughs> and he, Kat Von D now he's like a real YouTube star. I think he understands a, a way to communicate some things that have that have landed.
0: Is the political inseparable from marketing now though? Do you see those converging more and more? in terms of the way brands choose to communicate. I mean, it seems like Nike is like, all their big moves are political. They've always late. been
2: though. I mean, since it's since they're like, hit like a girl campaign from or throw like a girl, or if you let me play, that's what it was called. If you let me play. Um, they've always, I mean, the idea of politics and marketing being- I mean, meant- The
0: feed presents them all interspersed, like seamlessly, right? Like there's no separation between the political and the cultural and the marketing when you're navigating a feed, right? You're constantly shifting between viewing these different types of Media.
1: Maybe it's worth distinguishing like marketing and advertising because like they're not exactly the same thing. I think what we're talking about clearly branding something else like advertising advertisements that I like interact with are like ads for outdoor shower because I was looking for I mean, this is like the kind (laughs) of like or you know, like whatever wish.com is on Instagram selling you just absolutely random stuff. It's not about building a brand at all. I feel like it's really kind of wish.com, it's just some weird Chinese. Site that sell like there'll be like a wishes. carousel of like nine or ten just the most absurd kind of wishes. objects yeah with, like you know silicon like- tongue and then like some <laughs> weird like kind of a sex toy thing and then like I don't know and advertising in that sense is like very effective now for sure but it's not marketing like not mm-hmm. really and it's it's algorithmic it's reflect and it's repetitive it follows you around it's in your face it's like i mean i think tv ads like i said they were like this like blunt instrument and they still are where it's like i don't know if you've watched cable news at all chantrix right you know learn how to stop smoking and you hear, oh, anyways yeah. hear that like probably it's on 40 or 50 times a day, and if you just have that on in the background, it's just...
0: I mean, we also have a parallel worlds in the United States, especially in terms of political polarization. You all have navigated a bit of both sides, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a lot of the fun, right, is being able to kind of play a little Nas X game, where are there ways to emulate or tell stories that can cast light on things or turn a reflect turn a mirror on things that, um you know, especially people on the left are doing quite poorly or are, are doing... I don't know, are doing maybe haphazardly. Um, but yeah, we definitely like to explore those things. I mean, a lot of our team, you know, like Dina Yego, you know, helped craft our website copy. She's like oh, our cool. director of really? comms by default. You know, like That's funny. No. Dre, goth Shakira works for us, you know. And so, like, we're just, I think, a bunch of weirdos like the internet are interested in trying to figure out how to tell stories and have kind of made bonds through doing that throughout our whole lives on the internet.
2: What do you, I mean metrics? But, like, what are they? You know, if it's more abstract, like, what are... Yeah, what kind of feedback are you? Yeah, I
3: think for we're it? interested in, in in like you know, a having a reach, like being able to tell stories to a lot of people is is the big goal. And so you can measure that with kind of traditional heuristics that like any brand would use. I mean, we'll joke around and talk about like our net parental score, like when, when parents are like aware of Michaela or something, <laughs> like it's a pretty good indicator that things are interesting and working and people are resonating with them. But um yeah,
2: how do you know their parents just by their age cohort or and
3: we like our friends' parents will reach out oh, and be okay. like, hey, isn't that, that that thing or you know, I've had friends at coffee shops being like, you're never going to believe this, but a bunch of moms are talking about the cover <laughs> of this magazine. Or- yeah. I remember for like
1: periodically asking my parents if they'd heard about Normcore yet
3: from like <laughs> yeah. from the publishing of the PDF
1: onwards. And it took a while and it was like after the New York Times, I think, wrote about it. And they're like, got it. But yeah, sure. It is. That makes sense as a as a metric.
2: Yeah, my mom is definitely still unironically buying Land's End, 100%.
1: I don't, think it influ- I don't think it informed any of their decisions, but
0: they did hear about it. <laughs>
2: point,
0: yeah, my parents are very excited about C-Punk. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Big Unicorn Kid fans. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, He was
2: great. I think
0: of like Gen X and kind of older millennials as kind of being like this generation of irony and cynicism. And I wonder, I mean, is there an element of irony and cynicism, though, in Gen Z? I mean I guess Billie Eilish is like painfully sincere, right?
1: I don't even have a read on it. Is it sincere or it not? I can't, way. Tell. Sincere. I can't yeah, tell. yeah, sincere.
3: Yeah, I mean I probably wouldn't peg it as irony if I mean like the, the kind of doomer energy would probably be the closest thing. <laughs> but I don't think you feel ironic. It just feels like kind of heartbreaking.
2: Nihilistic. Uh, yeah, so, I mean.
0: so, there like sincere, so there is like a sense so there is like as opposed to being ironic or s- cynical with Gen Z, there is a trend towards sincerity then.
3: Yeah, I would say sincerity, like sincerity or nihilism. But sincere nihilism, (laughs) not ironic
1: nihilism. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That's, so that seems logical. I mean
2: it's like LOL, that will never work. Like the end of the world is coming before that will ever happen. It's like that kind of a sentiment. Is that right? Or how would you characterize oh,
3: it? I mean, I guess the closest thing I have I mean, like the, the Gravel teens, the gravel teens, right? Like Gravel, I think it's how to actually pronounce I, think it is but, what I always <laughs> can you talk about yeah. them? Can you say there's
2: so many I think there's so many micro trends. I mean, I know I'm not necessarily the target demographic, but can you just like
3: Oh, so um there's a former senator, I believe, from Alaska, who was pretty outspoken with you know, beliefs that felt pretty radical You know when, when he was serving and um, teenagers reached out effectively saying, hey, can we manage your campaign and we can we can we do everything that we can to try to get you into debates? So you can help shift the overton window or something that feels uh. more radical. And they've done a, a pretty incredible job. But I think what they've done a great job of is kind of they'll poke fun in a pretty sincere way at how. Fucked things are. And it's resonated quite well. Marianne Williamson has now given her support, which helps <laughs> move some, forward, some more dollars. No
2: so, what ATL twins were for Terry Richardson, the Gravel <laughs> twins are for, okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, for Reddit Zoomers. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, they're, they're incredible. And they do a really good job of communicating in sincere ways that I think resonate. Mm.
0: I have more questions. <laughs> about Gen Z, <laughs> yeah, sure. Me uh, too. There, is there any anti-materialism sort of thread though in, in Gen Z that you're? I, I, I'm uh, just I'm just assuming you're an expert on Gen Z, and so I'm
3: definitely not. But I, you know, there obviously is like all that ANCAP stuff and all the things you see from these kids. Like, the well,
0: def- yeah, there's like political niches, but I think I'm more mean in a in a I don't know in an ad bustery way, like where it was kind of a mainstream position to, like, not be into, uh, not, n- to, to kind of be anti-materialist in a time where, like, everything is branded?
3: From where I stand, I don't think so. I always, you know, I'll talk with friends about and I live in Los Angeles, to be clear. Like, it definitely isn't you know, the center of America. But how hard it must be to be 15 in high school now, where there's all this pressure to have like the new Supreme or the hot new sneaker of the moment, versus when I was in high school, I could just wear vintage from Goodwill, and it would be perceived <laughs> as like intellectual and hip. I don't think that exists as much. I don't think you can just wear a bunch of Goodwill and be perceived as, it, it feels way more AC Slater, Saved by the Bell, than my reality did when I was that age.
2: Interesting. But is that cyclical? Because I mean, of course, you could say maybe- Maybe in the 80s it was like that also was very like materially focused. It wasn't until like Nirvana or whatever that Mark Jacobs from Harry Ellis that it was okay to <laughs> wear your flannel.
3: It certainly feels that way. And if Nirvana was a response to hair metal, then like maybe we'll have our post-EDM yeah. grunge moment.
1: <laughs> Seems guaranteed actually that we're going to have a grunge
3: moment like,
2: a long grunge moment. Yeah. <laughs> or oh <my goodness. laughs> declining <laughs> An into a An moment. <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: It could be, like, bifurcated as well, because, you know, I, I keep thinking that, like, Frankie Cosmo's world is going to Who's matter. That? Who's that? Sorry. Yeah, like like band, That's maybe like band camp heat, you know, like okay. there's, there is this, this division where it's like, I feel like Travis Scott, young people, and then there still are these people that feel kind of more familiar to my friends growing up where sort of digging for music and on message boards where they're on band camp finding deep cuts and really going to the smell and kind of doing things. the smell it.
2: still open? Why did I think the smell closed?
3: I think the smell... Retin to close, and there's still a lot of shows that smell. Oh, cool! I haven't been to one in ages, to be clear. So if it <laughs> is closed, <laughs> like I'm really. I haven't
2: been to LA in ages, so <laughs> I'm definitely yeah. out of the loop there.
0: Um, I mean, Gus Dapperton seems a bit like Gen Z grunge.
2: Yeah, that's true. It's like colorful grunge. It's like
0: Tumblr grunge.
2: Yeah, Tumblr grunge. It's like C-Punk grunge or something.
0: Yeah,
1: I have an LA question. What's the what's the newest superfood?
3: <laughs> Wow, I'm trying to think. There's got to be some real heat out there. Newest superfood. I mean, Erewhon anything is the newest superfood because it comes with the aesthetics of like taste and elitism.
2: Say it again. What? Anything?
3: Erewhon, which Erewhon. is like our, our high end market. Like if you thought Whole uh, Foods was bougie, this is. Yeah, mwah. yeah. Is yeah. it have, it has
1: like some deep hippie cult. Uh, origin right Erewhon? I have to imagine. And it's nowhere
0: backwards. It sounds like
3: oh. It's what? It's the word nowhere backwards. <laughs> oh was, god. What's interesting is that like it's not if you if you write it out it's E-R-E-W-H-O-N. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, isn't it? Clo- <laughs> but on signs they'll have it like spelled I like, guess assumably backwards and it says nowhere and then one day I just looked and I was like wait no. Ooh, mm. I like that. That's, Mass, that's Mass marketing, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I like, it's almost that backwards. Whatever. They I'll, never,
0: I'll never forget this. A girl in my high school. She told me that Tupac is was alive because Machiavelli spelled backwards is I'm alive. <laughs> it does it doesn't spell no. it backwards? <laughs> Apparently, you can rearrange the letters, and I think okay, it's an anagram. An anagram. An anagram. That works. But I always I thought about it for a while, and then I laughed a lot. A lot. Anagrams are a great um, way to. Yeah, generate meaningfulness out of. But anyways, uh, now Erewhon, That sounds like something. we could but is do the whole like a, episode? Yeah, what do they
2: have? What is, the, what is the aesthetic get, of Erewhon?
0: Our listener is not in LA.
3: Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll see. Now that I've said it, you're gonna see it all over like, <laughs> Calabasas, LA culture, which seems to be pervading everything. But um, it's a it's just a high end market. They have got a deli area where you can pull a number and get like a little box full of you know grass fed beef and uh, a, a nice interesting salad. I also have a little like juice bar with a lot of like dating and flirting and models going to get their, their juice cleanses and then like modern Vincent Gallo types hanging out, trying to connect. And then oh, here's Haley.
1: The food is good to be clear, but I think it's sort of like, the Raya physical space, like <laughs> you're here and I'm here, so we could hypothetically go on a date in the future, right? Yeah. And wow. like that is sort
3: of it's, it's a nightclub disguised as a market for yeah. sure. Yeah, I feel like Whole Foods kind of felt like that a while ago, maybe. Especially like the Houston one in New York, that yeah, was, yeah that the, one, especially that was the early
2: like, days of Whole Food, like the beginning of Whole Food, definitely felt that way. Yeah, if you saw somebody
0: nowhere spelled backwards, is way edgier marketing. <laughs> actually, I mean, I've actually thought about this, like even weird. Again, going back to like white girl rose or whatever the fat Juice wine company. Babe was. Babe rose. Like Babe rose. Is that right? There was definitely a white girl. The
3: thing is, white girl and Babe. Yeah, oh. maybe there's
0: different. But the thing is, is that I mean, <laughs> you could imagine Dollar, this yeah. kind of the, the the need for novelty being so significant, and like codes being like would just, everyone just being so oversaturated with cones, codes that like kind of bizarre marketing could actually be really effective like a high-end grocery store called Nowhere Backwards. Like, you know, but I, I always imagine this, like um, like some non-sequitur, like surreal, bizarro marketing actually having enough novelty that it actually ends up being successful in a sea of competition.
2: Yeah, it would stand out enough Which to be visible. Which is like all that matters now. But like what are like- the, can you guys just give us like a, what are the aesthetics of, on which I mean, also sounds like Lord of the Rings to me. Not yeah, no, it does.
3: It's whatever. classic California culture. I mean, it's really all the Topanga. things. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's a bit more refined. They're like clean lines, and they definitely make it a point to make it feel a bit more millennial than your classic nuggy.
2: Scrollable Topanga. Scrollable,
3: infinite, infinite scrollable, <laughs> infinitely scrollable Topanga. Parallax Topanga. To <laughs> Parallax Topanga. Yeah. They, you know, the really the kind of defining factors are like, you know, $22 avocado ice cream, or, you know, uh, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like middle of the day bottle service. You can <laughs> <that>? go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you actually have to go up and take a number and get yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: You can get like an eighteen dollar turmeric latte and stunt on people and let them know.
2: Mm, right, right, right. <laughs> do they write your names on the glass? Do they like write your names? Uh,
3: do they? Yeah. yeah Again, my-
2: they follow, not, like, you, don't you bring your own. So is mojus out? Moon a, juice is lame now, yeah. or
1: what? And or Arloin, or is erawan just? have Moon Juice
3: there. Y- yeah, Moon Juice is got the, the silver... Like, I still don't even know what
0: that is. Can you? someone film <laughs> Amanda
1: Chantel Baker? Have we not talked about her on the cast? Yeah,
0: everyone's mentioned we Moon We haven't
1: Juice, enough. I wanted to seem
0: like I wasn't it. out of the loop. Like, so I just was always like, oh yeah, <laughs> She's Moon
2: Juice. a whole cast unto herself.
1: Yeah, Amanda Chantel
2: Bacon. But what is it?
1: Oh, it's like, you know, it's what we're describing. She's like a Gwyneth juicing. type
2: who has like a blog that turned into a company or a company that also has a blog. And she's like a very all like back to the earth type, like a Gwyneth type, a goop type. She's okay. very good.
1: She's just goop. She's very goop, good. But but like but she has in good. the
2: moon juice. All sorts Magic. of crazy
1: stuff. <laughs> yeah. Magic. And she sells stuff like bra- called brain dust and sex dust and this kind yeah. of stuff. Aww. She's like opposite of
0: that stuff. They sell that, at, they sell that dust this. at Bergheim too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, we're this whole moment naked. is kind of why LA is a bit of a bummer right now. I think we're just at like a, at the top of the cultural pecking order, and all of these things like resonate so deep. I mean, like, you just uh, there are, are definitely emerging subcultures, but they feel like a speck against like the Kendrick Lamar, Hadid, Jenner, like cultural Goliaths that are shaping <laughs> our entire reality.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like, it is a it is dark because they're all it's all lies. I mean, there is no such thing as sex dust. I mean, it's like it's all it's all basic. I mean, okay, here's, here's a more general.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that, remember what we say often, that yeah. truth is like a truth is only held down by a majority of the people believing that it's true. So lie is truth, Stan. No, I mean, there are,
1: there are you know, studies that prove the efficacy of things and then there are things that don't have those studies to prove anything. Quote, and quote, science. Vary, Phil, quote, yeah, quote, quote on, science. Quote, quote, si- science. Just pronounce it like that. I have a more general question. Is marketing good? Can marketing, isn't it marketing bad? Mar- like it your, tells your an interesting boat story. But your is basically for localism, is, hyper-localism,
2: yeah. hyperlocalism, where you only find out stuff by word of mouth or marketing by coming Marketing is upon how yourself.
0: capitalism no. practices seduction.
1: Well, <laughs> exactly. And that's bad. We don't want, yes. I don't want to be seduced by capitalism. Marketing
0: is bad, but. Yeah, let's just, cali- like, I just want to
1: have that be the given. Yes, marketing, marketing is bad. Yes, we can d- still talk about it, but it should be like, we should we have that like as a to given. like
0: declare that marketing is bad. It's bad. Central to New Models is our aggregation site, newmodels.io, where you can get an overview of what our community is reading, writing, and talking about. We welcome any tips, questions, or comments sent to desk at newmodels.io. You can join our Patreon for access to our Discord channel, all of our podcasts, including weekly conversations, and to be part of the community that fuels everything New Models publishes across all of our platforms. Find out more at patreon.com slash newmodels. But the California lifestyle yeah, seems to be a that. bigger export now than it's ever been. Why? Like, something's
2: yeah. changed like California what? in
3: general.
1: is just, I mean,
3: all, it's, it's, like, it's the export. Hollywood. Is so what
2: is it? Yeah. I
3: grew up in Iowa. I don't really own it. To me, it's still quite foreign. But to me, it's like best embodied in like a Hollister store.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 very real. Well, it's just
3: like two of two of the
1: major seats of American power are there, and then also all the agriculture, so they can have like you know expensive juice right. and stuff. Really? The world's
3: seven
2: well, biggest all the economy. non-corn, non-soy agriculture. Well, yeah. All the, the non-monoculture.
0: Al- all the almonds. And I mean, it's, like, it's where the all sun the goes down. You know. Like over a, there yes it's it's and it's on a fault you know like an earthquake could swallow it at any moment but what do you, you think know? really is the, they drain whole <laughs> lakes to make that place exist lakes yeah. that used to exist just gone Glenn to make uh Damn. los Thank angeles you. like california it is i mean i think it really embodies like the the, the fantasy of endless like utopian capitalism right
3: yeah, it's land of milk and honey, Gold Rush, California, go west—all yeah. those kind of classic yeah, American everything. tropes. That's
2: but all, can we speak specifically trope, about like the last five years? Yes, That's the what California I'm curious California about. Like, like,
0: like, as it's emerged into this like global export, I think the like Kardashian or, or lifestyle, like whatever. aspirational sort of, yeah. like, It's like a place where, like, it's like a place isolated from the rest of the world where everything happens, and it's kind of seems insul. It's presented as like insulated.
2: It kind of is way, by right? time
1: zone. I feel like even a little bit. Like it, it operates in its own.
2: While well, we sleep in Berlin, yeah, <laughs> the minds of LA are at work. exactly
3: <laughs> drinking uh, juice. Yeah, you know, I I don't. There's that. There, I think as we talk about this, you know, post truth era. As Dan's talking about science, like California to me is just this, is this great mashup of science and magic you know what i mean like (laughs) wellness gwyneth paltrow like this is a place where you know jpl and caltech are crafting it and a few blocks away someone's like if you rub this dirt on your face you know (laughs) like it will cure all things and 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 it's it's bizarre but it feels quite timely
1: yeah absolutely i mean it's just it's also like i mean we spend our entire day interacting with Californian stuff. I mean, look at what you're looking at right <laughs> yeah. now. It's just like, we. of course, it's going oh to inform the culture.
2: California's everywhere. California you Uber Alice. Yeah, you look through a Californian screen via China. California via Shenzhen. Uber Alice.
0: Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Wait, that's a dead Kennedy song. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, the California ideology, that's the main export of America in general at this point. It's like right. a combination of yeah, startup culture, aspirational You know, Hollywood, of course, we've, we've talked about it a lot, but (laughs) yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, of course. uh, um.
2: But I think as we go towards this, like move, we feel there's this move towards mysticism and towards like, you know, there's. I say this a couple, a few times on the cast, but um, friend of the pod, Toby Shoren is working on AI, human agency, and faith, and this intersection between the three. And as technology, you know, as we seed more like decision-making processes to technology, we have to then like take the sleep of faith that it knows what it's doing, that the algorithm is right, right. And um, of course, what that's done is it's it's created a kind of like uh, religiosity, a new uh, a, a move towards uh, the 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 theological, but maybe this is why California is so right because it embraces the mysticism, it embraces the like the goop life. Like, maybe there's more truth than we believe in Alex Jones and Gwyneth Paltrow.
1: I mean, Pizzagate is real, apparently,
3: so that's (laughs) true, right? Get into the Epstein part of the pie. Let's get
0: in. Uh, If it was in California, it'd be like Burrito Gate,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Taco Gate, Taco Gate, yeah, Taco Gate. (laughs) goop Goopgate.
0: gate goop K- Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow squeezing, like taking youth serums out of children in her factory. I'm sure it happens. spilling it as yeah, you don't want to know it's in moon juice. Well,
3: it's pretty <laughs> dope to ride like the East Coast, blonde hair, blue eyed, Ralph Lauren wave all the way across the country into the California <laughs> <laughs> criticism wave right. and just keep winning. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, I think I only have. I think I only have one more question.
3: Sure. We can also deviate. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah,
0: we can deviate. Yeah. We can definitely, I think <laughs> actually, oh, astroturfing and mm-hmm. like marketing troll farms. How widespread is that?
3: I mean, clearly pervasive. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> oh. you know, I, I don't want be over like Twitter search an article, but anything that's posted from any of those, there's all of these bots that are. There. So even at like the most basic level, any of these, like the Atlantic, the New Yorker, they have either, either it's them or some company that's selling their ads for them is is there's there's farms retweeting to pump numbers. I think, you know, most of those ad numbers are all bullshit. Anyway, the deeper you go, it's all fraudulent.
0: I mean, do you know do you know anything about that that business, like how like I mean how much does it cost where are the where are astroturfing places located like I heard there's a big one in Mexico that people use a lot like, that
1: sounds
3: what? so mythical
0: yeah oh my. I just want to know <laughs> that the, like the troll the Mexican
3: I genuinely have no idea I mean like again I can go about as deep as knowing where to buy like verified Instagram accounts or like right. Binance KYC's you know <laughs> like they, yeah, nice. the, the true dark arts to me like aren't quite sustainable. You know what I mean? So I think as an organization, we've never done that. As a person, I've never gotten that deep. But if you're looking for a quick buck, there's probably places to go. Macedonia? Was that the the Trump one? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm,
0: But I mean, I'm just thinking about these things that we kind of got, that got into the public consciousness, like, are also used by companies to get things, I guess, to the point, the tipping point of snowballing in terms of marketing campaigns, et cetera. And it's like, when I found out that there was actual companies that just did this as a service and that, like, Real legit companies actually use them. Then I I got very curious about how that actually worked. And
3: remember street teaming.
2: Street teaming. Like
3: when like companies would mail you posters oh, and yeah, if you put yeah. them up and took oh. a picture, they would give you concert tickets. I mean,
2: yeah, acid so tripping's long. Like there's yeah. yeah it's a prehistory. Mm.
0: I guess like thinking of that way, it's not it's not as bad. But I don't know. I just imagine like companies with like thousands of accounts and or had tens of hundreds of thousands of accounts. And like I mentioned like a marketing guy, like making a budget being like, okay, we need 20,000 for AstroTurfing to get the campaign started. Like it works like Light that, right?
3: Yeah, I definitely think there are, I mean, I, I remember there being companies where you could basically buy ads for your YouTube video in game or like if you watch this video you got extra coins for some farm build type mobile game and that would get the algorithms going so they start recommending it and before you know it it, it, you would but those games I think those those games are like long dead
2: yeah yeah but were there a tactics in the Karma Loop days? Can you speak about that? that I mean, no. That, that was you so used new. to hype it? Like, like, was, when did Karma Loop start? 2000? Maybe no, say it what it started, is. No, the
0: company. Carmel Loop was a really big online streetwear retailer. Um, but it started in like 99. It was selling rave wow. clothes. Oh. And then it kind of got into the weird like collared, like Lacoste shirt, like preppy era, irony prep era. <laughs> and then it, when streetwear kind of, Popped off, it got into streetwear at the perfect time and became really huge. And they started a YouTube channel in like, I think, 2008 or seven, I think, or six is when six I went there. Six is when YouTube. I think I went there in 2006 to, or yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't know. It was so new. I don't think anyone else is doing it. It was like a team of three people. Like, we did so, I must have made a thousand videos at the time I was there. It was so many, so few people doing so many things. But of course, like, the first, their first, Failure was they at first they started with their own proprietary player paying for bandwidth. Oh my everything. god! From the beginning, I said this should be on YouTube. Yeah. They, <laughs> the the and they were like no, but we gotta. They was this idea that you would monetize the content yourself and like control the ads and the streaming, and it was just so silly to me because it was like we just need marketing exposure for this, but. They didn't listen to me, um, but anyways, th- no, there was no tactics because it was all kind of figuring it out. And the the weird thing is, is that what ended up happening was, I mean, w- you know, we, we everyone learned that like, well, y- you don't really have to put it; you just go lowest common denominator, and that's the that's the only rule. Vlad TV, I remember he like interviews rappers, and he's like always been really tabloidy. Like he'd always ask them questions about like. Would would you accept a gay rapper? I remember it was like a big one he did way <laughs> early on, which was like, you know, and this is the other thing. Back in that day, like, if you were interviewing a rapper, or musician, they would walk off camera if you, like, asked said something. A, they were just like, fuck yeah. it. Like, you know, they cared about, like, XXL. Like, magazine interviews were more important. Right. You know, or radio. Like, they didn't give a shit about an internet interview. So Vlad actually was just shamelessly pushing it into, like, these really like culture warry questions and things that would get people's attention. And I mean, he's built a massive brand now and massive YouTube channel out of it. But, um, I mean, for us, I don't know, we were just really experimenting. And it got to the point where we were competing with revolt Diddy's cable channel to get a cable channel.
4: <laughs> well, um,
0: cause it, the, we had, we partnered with Pharrell. Um, to pitch it, but Diddy won because he had his own funding, like literally his own, like hundred million dollars. Wow. We had like investors yeah. and all this stuff, but I don't know. It's just like kind of an experimental time.
2: There are no um, tricks you guys are doing during. There that was no time. Tricks Other like, than like, like oh, to get views yeah. and stuff. Yeah.
0: Like no, we didn't. I mean, we started doing music videos, right? Like the sponsor Carmen would pay for the music videos. That's like express yourself, Diplo. Express yourself got made. Oh, I, I see. Mean, that was really smart, and we get a lot of. Lot, that was like always the biggest views on on that, but otherwise I don't know. It was in real time. It was a kind of a tough thing to navigate and. As are most things in capitalism, like the most shameless people won.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm curious. I mean, so I, I did that Rhizome 7 on 7 thing this year. Oh, cool. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. That's why you're. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And it was interesting to see Wyden and Kennedy's involvement and how kind of like, you know, they, they were a major part of it and they were great and, you know, put Michaela on a giant billboard in Times Square and Manny, if you know Manny 404, he works for us as well, like, you know, puts him in it. So oh, I,
0: he's at WK now.
3: No, no, he works. to oh. so Manny works for us, which is. Oh, awesome. he works for you. Yeah, yeah. Ah, cool. Yeah, it really is a whole cast of like interesting internet hooligans. Um, but that said, like it was interesting to see you know the marketing dollars and advertising world and how like really integrated they are into the art world. I'm pretty unaware.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not aware either. Like, in in what way? In the sense that they're working directly with artists. Um, yeah,
3: I mean, they reached out and they said, "Hey, we have a Times Square billboard, like a oh, huge, yeah? I mean, I'm sure it's hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. To
2: yeah.
1: get Something like that. Who, yeah. Who sponsors evidence? I think it is like tech accelerator sponsored something. Yeah,
2: but I mean, of course, there's the Creative Time billboard in Times Square. Oh, the,
1: I mean, I only can think of the Barbara Kruger one. That seems like the.
2: It's been used for other no, other people oh, no, as well, I know right? It has, yeah, of course, that's that the, the most one famous. That, and of course, the image of it that circulates "Protect Me from What I Want" is like the iconic <laughs> image of yeah. that. Work. So
0: what happened at Seven by Seven?
3: I mean, so I work with a sculptor named Matthew Angelo Harrison, and we had a great time. We made this like kind of bizarre little video. There were a ton of really interesting people there, but it was I I, I get asked pretty often to participate and because I know nothing I've just kind of always said no but like you know Aria, Aria Dean who works oh, for them yeah. and then Martin Sims a mutual friend of ours you know Martin was like hey you love Matt this is a good thing go check it out and it was a really really wonderful experience but then that kind of serpentine fallout and some of those other things it's, it's, it's you know I've just caught wind of some of the rumblings that are affecting the art world now, and
2: you mean Yana Peel? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So I mean, like again, I'm I'm pretty far removed, but you know, I see something like that happen, and I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure the biggest contributor to the ACLU is the Kochs. <laughs> like, are we are we yeah, done I with mean, the ACLU now? Yeah. Like, it,
2: yeah. yeah, as we That's said uh, when we, we were speaking with Dean Kissick about this, and it's like, it's it's almost, it's comic how completely cancelable the major underwriters of the art world are. I mean, it's like ridiculous how criminal they are.
3: Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting to, to learn that world. It's been a lot of fun, and I think, like, uh, honestly, because I'm pretty far removed from it, and what felt like a bunch of, like, intellectual elite kind of hanging out doing full cool projects, it seems like it's changing quite dramatically. Yeah, it was cool to see the tech themes, a lot of, like, AI. You know, there was some stuff around kind of, like spatial computing vr ar whatever you want to call it and it, it's fun to see folks from outside of that world try to interpret those things and make sense of what they're going to look like you know a lot of discussions that we have in our spaces you know what does that future look like you know what are the rules what happens in a virtual space? Where it's a digital layer over everything in our, in our real world? And, You know, if you put a uh, Nike logo over an Adidas store, you know, in <laughs> AR, like what? What are the reality? What are the laws? How is that going to play out? And just people were exploring those things. To so really the turn
2: them on in the AR world is going to be so intense. What are some of the most outlandish things that you've been thinking?
3: the things that are interesting to me are the kind of the real world implications so when pokemon go came out and there are people walking off cliffs to catch charizards or you know navigating their way into cemeteries and knocking over tombstones to catch Eevees, you know it, it, that's the kind of those are the implications that are that are really curious to me mm-hmm. You know, obviously, all the educational stuff, you're seeing people use VR headsets to get reps for like anything from the football field to performing surgery. On the kind of character stuff, that, to me, feels more interfacey. You know, like, what does the future of interfaces look like? It probably isn't an Apple drop-down menu. It may look more like a host at Applebee's. And so, like, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <Cool>. Wow. <laughs> so, right. you know, wh-
3: wh- how are we going to interface with the digital world? unclear, and that's going to be probably scary and fun to figure out.
2: Yeah, do you think we're going to have like increasingly like heads up displays where it's literally going to be like
3: Apple just canceled supposedly canceled
1: their project they were working on.
2: That okay, and they so that's just like a little it. like
1: So
3: I think I think it's a failed long futurism. way. Off. Yeah. I I almost certainly think we're gonna have something, right? Like, sure. I'm yeah. sure Snap is betting the farm on that. I'm, I'm not aware, but they seem to be wanting to build that kind of AR OS. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all kinds of interesting Chinese companies thinking about that as well.
2: Yeah. What about like the way the social sphere is developing in the China Africa stack, um, the Huawei stack, I guess you'd say, Oof. versus the North Atlantic stack?
3: you know, I, ha- I post G20. I'm not sure what it looks like, but the last I heard from Chinese investors and things that I know is they can't touch anything American.
4: Right.
3: And so there's been, there's just clearly is going to be two internets. Yeah. You know, there's going to be two two sets of everything from infrastructure to and the manufacturing to the internet. And as I understand it, even if you're, you know, so if you're a venture capital fund with a... Chinese national who's an LP who the government may be concerned about so they're an investor in the fund Mm -hmm. and you're unaware and that fund invests in your company you may be forced to give that money back there can be all kinds of repercussions so I think most of the the founders that I know are going to be are probably pretty pretty hesitant to take any Chinese money.
2: Are you aware of anyone working with like characters in the in the China stack? Are there anybody that you've sort of found as a parallel to your projects, or? Not yeah, necessarily. I think like it would be cool to have good. the a alliance. Yeah, you want yeah, to have a Chinese? Yeah, it's like it'd be kind of cool in. to have like an alliance across the stacks. Oh, or a
3: <laughs> competition. It, it, obviously, there's you know the Mikus of the world in, in Japan that have like way out in front of us, and there are kind of these virtual pop stars yeah. in, in China that I think we would see is probably closer to us. The language people used to describe Michael is like virtual influencer, which is always I think quite funny to us because uh-huh. it makes it feel like pretty. <laughs> I mean, s-
0: it is really funny though thinking about like Miku in, in Japan, and then like thinking, oh, okay, so a virtual pop star works in Japan. What works in the states? Like a virtual
2: chiller. <laughs> 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 oh, like, it's like really... At Erewhon. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
3: Not no. Uh, I mean, I think there's some really cool stuff that Magic Leap was doing. Have you ever seen Micah, you know that stuff.
2: Can you say more? I don't know it.
3: Um Micah, if you if you put on a magic headset, you can basically have this digital human, this virtual human named Micah, like will sit down, interact with you, look you in the eyes, kind of like emote and human a, yeah, like a Her
2: type. Yeah, her type, but it, yeah. like
3: this 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 digital representation. So it's not even audio, it's this very real. They've done a, a scan of a human being and oh wow. what what's the medium
1: for this? I don't know. So it's
3: in the magic leap AR. Oh, headset. Like the magic leap, yeah. okay, right, cool. Yeah, it's 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 pretty impressive, and there's some good videos on YouTube. I, I have to imagine digital. there'll be more digital human stuff happening and Magic Leap seems to be pretty out in front. How
2: long before the Chapo guys are like sitting on your couch with you? <laughs> <laughs> you just, I funny. mean,
0: AR sex is going to be a lot better than VR porn. That's where it's going to make the leap, I think.
2: It always makes, technology always makes leaps through porn. It's true, it's true I mean, that the background the is, is very often distracting,
1: right? <laughs> interior decorating, that way you <laughs> yeah. get rid of that. <laughs> oh, I want to see the world in eye. <laughs> uh, the don't
3: fake Herman Miller? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i got to turn this thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't forget months,
0: uh, yes. Wikipedia is founded on porn money. Don't forget that. Really? really? Yeah. That's Same more. And it was a guy he, and it was also like bad, like, you know, like sweet teen kind of like Wikipedia
1: bad is canceled. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Nothing is so, pure.
0: What do you like? What are you actually looking forward to? What do you think is going to be exciting, whether in your own work or an actual exciting trend in, in the States?
3: Oof, in the States. I mean, I think that's one of the great challenges for myself is like trying to find joy. It, it, <laughs> it's like, it, it can often, can be this hum of just, Oh, Anxiety and things feel, feel quite bleak. Uh, I, I am really excited about young people. Like that, as cliché as that sounds, like you, you go out and you talk to these kids, and they're so fucking smart. And there's a definitely a certain subsection of them that have had every question they've ever had answered since they came out of the womb. And as a result, you know, they're 14 and talking to you about screw tapes, and you're like, how? No. <laughs> yeah.
4: How could you have known this? So you
3: could
1: basically time travel, or just inhabit if you want to be like in some dead subculture. That, that drill is- dead but yeah. like yeah you
2: can well it's true because you talk about millennials being digital natives but they weren't digi- they weren't native to a web that had all the information organized and immediately yeah, it was just the only way.
3: they were like like they were the explorer or something like that at the first time right still you like, just spotify like i mean i remember yeah. like diving around napster and not being able to find stuff and that yeah. was that you know like and i think you know what's interesting the people that were like early spotify to me felt quite punk like there was uh, there was a real narrative of like being able to displace all the rent seeking people in the middle. And I just don't think Spotify got the traction it needed to really do that. Like it, it just feels like media is going to be more centralized than it ever was. And we're just going to revert back to Jimmy Iovine pushing the button and like this person becoming a pop star.
2: In your like estimation, where do you see the, how do you see the music industry organizing right now? Like where do you see the power or where do you see the curiosity?
3: Power, I think, is going to move back into the major's hands. Right. It, 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 you used to have Tower Records and yeah. you know some magazine outlets, radio, and if you could kind of find a way, you know, MTV. If you could find a way to manipulate those three or four, like you're in really good shape. Now, basically, if you can, if you can figure out Instagram or YouTube and one of those the streaming platforms, like you're good. You're in good shape, and so I. I can't imagine that the majors go back into negotiations with these streaming platforms and don't demand playlist spots or. It's probably already
2: happening on some level, right? I I mean,
3: it was never a part. I mean, people think that and they kind of speak about Spotify. When I was there, it was never possible. There was Uh like real church and state. Yeah. But like if I'm Lem Votnik or Lucian, I'm going to be like, "Yeah, Mm yeah, yeah. Nice try. But you need our music. You need our catalog we're gonna need this in return.
2: But younger people, so what do you see? Like like SoundCloud, Bandcamp are still like the main ways or they they put their stuff, you know, they they feed their stuff to Spotify, hope it gets picked up or is it happening more offline? Like are you seeing more offline organizing or parties? Or, I mean, this is something we yeah, ask I mean, a lot I of our the, guests. That's like, a good
3: question. The thing that I'm, I'm not really clear on but it feels like it's happening is a lot of this scene stuff that used to be kind of, it, it formerly around music cultures to me, it seems to be happening a lot more around like gaming cultures.
2: Oh, interesting. Like, even this
3: yeah. kind of like the, 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 I guess, indie gaming and some of these kind of more fragmented gaming spaces starting to capture more market share. It's allowed for people to kind of differentiate from the Fortnite kids by being into some indie thing.
2: Can you say where that's happening? So, is that happening like in Twitch? Chats is that happening in like IRL meetups? Is that happening? Like, what is it? What are the spaces I think it's in happening? It's in Discord, happening? you know, in I Discord, yeah, yeah. You
3: know, I, why go to the mall to see your friends and you could just, you know, Facetime them or even more easily get on Discord and like chat with them, um, or just go hang out in in Fortnite, the game world, yeah, in right, game world yeah. and, and chat there. I, and I, I don't really have any kind of real data or concrete data to back that up. But as I kind of see the tribalism and the language and the kind of like cultural signifiers pop up on even more mainstream stuff like Twitter or anywhere else, a lot of them seem to be rooted in like little gaming niche communities.
2: Um, what space for you feels most ripe for tournament or, you know, some kind of shifting?
3: I mean, I, just personally, I think Reddit's really undervalued. Yeah. You know, as, as, a, as, as a place to... It really kind of mobilize people. and I mean, that that said, we actively took a position that we weren't going to try to be like data driven, right? You know like we we want to lead. I think there's um a lot of people, our age, a lot of olds, a lot of millennials <laughs> have just kind of like given up and said, hey, we're going to let the data take us wherever it's going to take us, and we're going to do whatever's best for kind of appeasing the market. And we kind of said like maybe there's an opportunity to educate.
2: I mean it's interesting though too because like a lot of millennials really trusted the digital space because it was oftentimes their friends or friends of friends or friends of friends of friends who were like the founders of certain corporations, whether that's Facebook or whether that's YouTube, SoundCloud, whatever. And so they sort of trusted it almost in this good faith, like, no, but we know the people behind this. It's all right. Like and and of course, you know, Gen Z doesn't trust it. Right.
3: Yeah, and we made a decision earlier not to do press mostly because we felt like you know, the, the generation of like tech organizations before us were able to message quite well and kind of like sell intent when in actuality like the the, the things they wanted to realize didn't come to fruition you know and like the mistakes were made argument became so pervasive because they got all this glowing press yeah people believe them to be saviors and so like as like as much of a bummer as it is that we don't really message our org better it's a nice forcing function pardon the tech speak for us to actually build a thing that's doing what we want it to do
2: yeah you already have the channel to communicate what you're doing. yeah, it, it almost doesn't need too much meta-analysis.
3: And we fuck it up all the time, to be fair. You know, like we, we, we're we definitely not firing off something that we'd like to be, but it, it's nice to not be able to go out and just smooth it over with, hey, look, like we're cute people. You should, you know, we're smart, we're nice. Well, <laughs> you should care about us.
2: <laughs> I would also say that that's a good play for authenticity. Oh yeah, hell you know, yeah. As, as you that's not
1: really what- No, it, isn't, it, isn't,
2: it but is. But it? it in the sense that like you sort of, you, you make a move and then whatever happens, happens. And then you respond to it in that space. It's not like you come in as this like meta voice that says, well, what we really meant to do there is, we're sorry about the Betsy Ross sneakers. We really <laughs> made a mistake. Like you just sort of like, you know, it's kind of like when you're, like we went skiing for the first time that either of us had gone skiing and like we're snowboarding, but like in a Shred. really, really long two shredding, yes, in like 15 years or something. But I just remember that feeling of like when you're going downhill with velocity and you want to like have a fun time and make it to the bottom without breaking bones, you make these decisions and you always just have to respond to the decision you just made. Yeah. Like you can't go back uphill. You just have to like find your equilibrium and just keep on going, right? In fact, put more momentum forward. And I appreciate that about like Rudd's different projects because it's like you do something, you say it, it's irretractable once you say it. Sure. You're not gonna come and meta comment on it. You're just gonna then respond to it and you're gonna, you know, like a human would also. Yeah. So, yeah, because you're humans. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we are, it turns <laughs> out. Uh-huh. <laughs> We, we, for better or for worse, I think we, we try to sit down at the beginning and say like let's let's try and build an organization that can like, yes, make a ton of money, yes, uh, capture hearts and minds of a generation, and absolutely do the things that big organizations before us have done, but do it with a group of people that look and think about things a bit differently because. We have a unique opportunity to do so, uh, and we've gotten a lot of shit wrong. You know, you we've know, gotten a few things right, and it has been really hard. But one of the most <laughs> eye-opening things for I think myself and Sarah, we meet these, these tech founders. they are like, "It's the hardest thing you're ever gonna do." But and it it, it is hard. But I think many of us who have you know, come from marginalized backgrounds have dealt with things that are like way, way harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Totally. Yeah, like, yeah you know,
3: right. all, all of us have like crackheads in our family, or like, like, you know, like real mental health issues are like, <laughs> man, hiring ahead of people is
2: tough. <laughs> so, you know,
3: like, like, Childbirth.
1: And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there are there any Gen Z founders? I feel like I don't
3: know of any, but maybe it's just like too early still. Definitely. There's Teal
1: Fellows. You okay, know, like, yeah, y- Teal, of course. They're yeah. Pumping, like, like, pumping them out, I guess.
3: Yeah. Teal Fellows that are smashing it. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, there's... Um, there's a Gen Z whisperer in Silicon Valley. Tiffany's getting a shout out. <laughs> I think I think she was a venture capitalist. I want to say like seventeen,
1: eighteen, <laughs> maybe wow. earlier.
3: Nice. Cool. A yeah. firm brought her in to kind of be their voice. But what they recognize
1: is sixteen-year-old old venture... Okay, how is that? How do you? Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think she was like legally employable and, you know, they're in the consumer space and consumer, I think. Oh, because
1: you don't need any licensing to be in that necessarily. You don't need to be like a.
3: Yeah, not a merchant bank or anything where okay, you're giving any investment right. advice. Uh, so they, yeah, they, I think they brought her in to say consumer is changing. Used to be 50 year old white guys who were early adopters of like the gadget tree of <laughs> Silicon Valley. But now it's just like teenage girls. Let's bring in a teenage girl and have her help call the shots. And she's whip smart and has, you know, has. VCs posting emojis and gifts on Twitter and shaping their slang <laughs> and calling things on fleek wow. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Julian just followed <laughs>
0: us. <laughs> oh, the Illuminati conferences. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. What are they what are they talking about? That's really what I'm most curious about. Like what narratives are in the forefront of their mind and thinking right now?
3: Well, I'm actually like not supposed to talk about them, which is why I get invited to the Illuminati conferences. Oh, yeah. But I think it's like it's like really child and the rules. I think you know, on a, on a more macro, people are concerned about a tech lash that they don't really understand because they live in a bubble. I think China is really scared. I mean, these, the reality is, like, these people are, like, largely, like, kind, pragmatic people who are bummed. You know, like, I think, like, a lot of us that were techno-optimists, like, were reading Wired and thinking this thing was going to play out a different way. And they're all kind of like, fuck. Nah. How do we turn this thing around? I mean, they have kids. They like are on Twitter. They under they're like not dumb people by any means. Nah. and I, I just think they're like they're just inside of a bubble, and it's tough to get you know people to give you the, the hard facts and like the straight answers. I think more than anything else, definitely feels like they've cut the legs off of the tip of the capitalist sphere. You know, like young creative people aren't going to make interesting things because there's just like no financial incentive to do so. I, I, I oftentimes think that like. Being in Los Angeles, none of my friends want to be there. You know, like mm-hmm. they've been priced out of it effectively, but they're sticking around and trying to make it work. Same with New York and engineers oh, yeah. in Oakland. Like everyone's bummed. That's why I asked about Berlin. I do feel like if we weren't talking about social networks, we'd probably be talking about like our cities and how unsustainable it is to be a creative person in these places. Like of f- course. We're shifting yeah. the blame elsewhere, but ultimately it's like we got to figure something else out. IRL as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. It down. Who are you really excited about music right now?
3: Oh, good. It's a good question. I've I grew up in Iowa, right? And so, like, my sensibilities were shaped by, like, Casty Kasem and Malt. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so I, I moved to L.A. when I was 16, and I was like, Chrome Hearts, what? $300 tank top that says, fuck you, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, like, I've had to Casey kind of Kasem. learn all these things. And I think, you know, at the same time, like, I came to L.A., you know, the most obvious street art, maybe the most, blink eighty two, like, you know, Under Oath was... Interesting. (laughs) And and so I've always and then I got the scene of access to these other uh, more uh, these sensibilities that require a bit of education or or a bit of a reach and people that never get to see these things or understand these things. So things I appreciate are generally artists that can kind of connect those dots that are interested in kind of like bringing some of these ideas to the masses. You know, it's not necessarily like a fancy goop that tastes like olives, (laughs) you know, it's like how you make a fancy corn dog to kind of like connect the dots.
2: Yeah. And I think those
3: artists do a great job of making pop songs that also lend themselves to like a, you know,
0: I mean, songwriting's kind of never changed. Like if you're a good songwriter, like it still matters now. Yeah. I think so. Ish. Good melodies. Like you can't really get around that. I think.
3: I, I think about those kind of I have the YouTube videos where it's like one guy plays every hit song for the yeah. last hundred years. Yeah. It's like the same four chords. Yeah. Right. And then I think about, uh, you know, one of these SoundCloud rap, like number ones where it's like one note and one 808 yeah. and like <laughs> tune. Like, how is that going to translate?
0: I still think. But I mean, look at Little Peep, like, for instance, like he wrote great melodies. They, they were sticky. They were like.
2: I guess yeah, music has always been, been new, you know, it's always been music plus character. I mean, well, for that, better course, or worse, yeah. there's always like the social context and then there's the sound and the rhythm.
3: I mean, to bring it full circle, it the feels like the best narrative wins now. Like, that's true. These, these recordings yeah. aren't removed from the narrative. That's and right. I think that's, that's, I mean, the top 10 list to me, are always like, oh, you had a good year narratively. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> totally. The album was fine, but like, you yeah. did the right things. <laughs>
2: that is such the well, success I mean, metric. In the case of
3: like, well,
1: well, Will, not mean, obviously that is like just the Narrative at this point for sure. You're a true. You're a coming I'm, out truther, right? What you were talking about? Oh, Losex I don't want to get into it. I, I had a whole,
2: I had a whole like conspiracy theory around like his. I don't want to talk about that. That's again. probably not
1: good. It's <laughs> by, <laughs> I, yeah,
2: I, I like Lil Nas X, and I think he's understanding. Like he Do thinks
0: that there's a, a, a
3: Cyrus <sighs> conspiracy?
2: Oh, whatever. What I don't was. want to talk yeah, about exactly. it. I, mean, I like Lil Nas X. Period.
3: I get. It. I think it, it's one of those things where you're like, wow, all of this feels. Good. Chef's kiss. Like this is. Very,
2: very, everyone
1: on okay. the oh, Okay then. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean I it this not no judge. I mean, yeah. I think it's just, it just is interesting to know if that how much of that is crafted, and how much of it is organic or happenstance. sense. I mean, if, yeah, authentic. <laughs> authentic. 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 Isn't there a? Isn't that a name of? Or no, organic traffic. That's what Organ- I mean. How much of it is organic? Is what
2: I <laughs> meant. Not authentic. Um, different. Carbon based.
0: Um, yeah. Wait, I did have a question. What, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, as a marketing genius, what do you <laughs> think? Uh, what do you think new yeah. models should should do? To be clear,
3: <laughs> we tried to put the front to be clear, I know nothing about teenagers or well, about we
0: don't, we're, we're not targeting teens
3: um but yeah gen z again uh i think no it, it, not gen
0: z either I what should new models do what we'll it will scale us what'll take us to the next step
3: next should, level you should pay for a kylie post i would take you to the next level
2: we just need a picture of how
0: many years, and it would be like um uh guess who's listening to new models
2: that's
3: it am i now a part of the dirtbag left
2: <laughs> I don't I think, mean, I think we're I think we're cuss. I don't think we're like yeah,
3: I, we're I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I think we're
2: I don't
0: think we're part we're of We're just Berlin. We're part dream. of the nervous the anxious left Yeah, the anxious, anxious left. nervous exactly. The, the jittery the
1: jittery
2: left. Jittery
0: the jittery you.
2: left. <laughs> oh god. Yeah.
1: Caffeinated. Oh my god.
2: Oh my god. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Generalized anxiety. Quinoa. This right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a moon juice left. <laughs> yeah, moon juice left.
2: Yeah, <laughs> five HTP left. Yeah, we are the five HTP left.
0: L theanine left.
2: L theanine left. Yeah, I was gonna ask Is that you for part like of your a stack? good. What's your stack? Acid. We usually ask people, what's your stack?
3: Oh yeah, my stack before I go to bed: <laughs> magnesium, turmeric. Oh. ooh and um, uh, omega-3, like a fish oil, and what else? Oh, and I just do like um, one a day because just in case,
2: yeah, can't hurt, can't hurt.
3: <laughs> I try to get a lot of sleep. I don't know if you've heard, but sleep oh, is trending, yo, in tech. So psyched about sleep yeah,
2: being back, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Even like the Williams sisters are like, yes,
3: <laughs> we sleep, y'all. We I don't sleep. know crazy, but are
0: mushrooms next in Cali? That's mushrooms weird.
1: are. I was. I was they're thinking next, that, right? like Shangha mushrooms, and this other something ashwagandha. No, I that's mean the like Chinese.
0: real mushrooms. Are they <laughs> next? probably
1: also? I feel like I there was. So. Is that ever gone? Microdosing.
3: They gotta use mushrooms. No, yeah. I
0: think like legal mushrooms. Oh, oh that's,
3: exactly. that's what you oh, mean, California. legalizing. Yeah, but but but, there, are,
2: but the mushrooms are kind of like beyond legal, non legal, because they just like grow. So I mean, but they're so illegal.
0: Does, we, so does weed. So does coke.
1: Yeah,
2: but 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 like, <laughs> but you forage for mushrooms. You don't forage for pot. You buy. I guess in mushrooms. California you probably you can, can forage right? mushrooms. You
1: grow, people grow mushrooms in their houses. Oh They're yeah, Williamson, Definitely. this is your chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're part of the mushroom left. New, <laughs> yeah. New yeah. model <laughs> mushroom left. Thank you very much, Trevor. Thank you guys.
2: Thank Skeet you, and coming. Haley. And Haley, thank you. <laughs> All right, Goodbye. ciao.
0: Thank you very much, Trevor, for joining us on the New Models Podcast, and thank you everyone for listening. A lot of new people have joined the New Models community this month, so we'd like to give them all a shout-out. We also would love to hear from you. You can always write to us at desk at newmodels.io, or please do join our Discord. It's thriving, and uh, we, we would love to have you thrive with us. John Roybus, Sean Reed, Elliot Beck, Emmanuel Rinfret. Beth Murphy, Brett Richmond, Anna Sabina, Demetrius Antonio Lewis, Joel Peragate, Alex Kilgore, Ida, Noah Allaire, Nicholas Baudouin, SD, Jakob, Kenji, Tom Krell, Taylor Retzios, Ali Clark, Figure Walker, Alexandra Tell, Nick Leon, Spencer Cantrell, Chris Denzer, Cole Wilson, Michael Jacobs, Villa Haimala, Holly Grover, Philip Mueller, Ashley Mack, Harrison Glazier, Daniel Weissbluth, Daniel Weissbluth, Nicole Antonio Spagnola, Z Speed, Slime Farmer, Jake Colvin, Zach Steinman, Martin Hodder, Ericson, Nick, Joshua Nathanson, and Derek Opperman. Thank you for listening. You can access all of our podcasts, including weekly Topsoil episodes, and join the Discord community that helps shape and inform the New Models World at patreoncom New models, see you next episode.